I am a very observant person. I went in the men's bathroom this morning, did my thing, <laughs> washed my hands, and left the men's bathroom. The ceiling is hanging down. Did I see it? No. <laughs> so we will repair the ceiling in the men's bathroom. It, there will be tours that go through the men's bathroom to observe this later, so hey, we'll get there. This morning we're in Judges 4. We come to Deborah and Barak, and as we work our way through the book of Judges, uh, we come to Deborah, the only female judge of Israel. Last week we looked at Shamgar, and Shamgar killed 600 Philistines, and all he had was an ox goad. That ranks right up there as a mighty miracle. But Shamgar is an inspiration. He's Israel's hero, but he gives hope to anyone who wants to serve God. Just go for it, because if God is with you, you're going to be okay. These judges of Israel, most of whom were of really no reputation, proves the point that God uses ordinary people to deliver his people Israel from their oppressors. So let's look at chapter 4 of Judges, and we'll just go through the first 10 verses, so read along with me. When Ehud was dead, the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, and who reigned in Hazar, the commander of his army was Sisera, who dwelt in Haroseth, Hagogim, And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, for Jabin had 900 chariots of iron. And for 20 years, he had harshly oppressed the children of Israel. 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Laodoth, was judging Israel at the time. And she would sit under the palm tree of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the mountains of Ephraim. And the children of Israel came to her for judgment. Then she sent and called for Barak, the son of Abinoam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, Has not the Lord God of Israel commanded, Go and deploy troops at Mount Tabor. Take with you ten thousand men of the son of Naphtali, and the sons of Zebulun. And against you I would deploy Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and with his multitude at the river uh, Kishon, and I would deliver him into your hand. And Barak said to her, If you go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. So she said, I will surely go with you nevertheless. There will be no glory for you in the journey you are taking, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. He went up with 10,000 men under the, his command, and Deborah went up with him. 
right away in verse 1 we see Israel is repeating their um, method of turning against God, doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And God brings forth Jabin, king of the Canaanites, and Sisera, his commander of his army. And for 20 years, Jabin rules, and he rules over Israel, and he rules harshly. It took 20 years for Israel to cry out to the Lord. 20 years of being treated in a violent way. These foreign kings that ruled over Israel were not kind to them. They charged them taxes. They put them in slavery. They did all kinds of things against them. But Israel is stubborn. It takes 20 years of harsh treatment before they cry out to God. And in verse 3, Israel falls back into this pattern of doing evil and sinning before God, and God sends an oppressor, and Israel finally cries out in repentance. We see God setting the stage for the next judge, his next deliverer of Israel. Militarily speaking, the Canaanites, they're well-armed. They have 900 chariots of iron. A chariot in that day was kind of like an army tank of today. Canaan has 900 chariots. Israel, zero. Pretty bad odds. And we read in verse 4, Deborah is a prophetess, and she's now judge over Israel, and her courtroom is the shade of a palm tree. Uh, George and Luann, when they were in Africa, Luann would often meet with the ladies she was teaching, she was trying to disciple, and she would meet under the shade of a big tree. That was the best they had. But back to Deborah. The people would come to her to settle disputes, arguments, and there under the palm trees she made her judgments. But Deborah looks around. She sees the condition of Israel. She calls for Barak of the tribe of Naphtali. And she reminds Barak that God has a command for Israel. And basically, Deborah tells Barak, take 10,000 men of your tribe and go up against Jabin and Sisera and all their chariots at the river of Kishon. And then she said, God will deliver him into your hand, uh, Barak. Their army is nothing before the Lord. They will be delivered to you. Now, Deborah, don't miss this, she's a prophetess. Everybody goes to her for judgment. And the entire nation of Israel is uh, submitted themselves to her judgment and she gives Barak the word of God. She gives him God's command. Now, we do not know if Barak was uh, unbelieving or simply afraid. Not much difference really. But we do read his response to Deborah. 
and it's a real manly man response. If you will go with me, Deborah, then I'll go. But if you will not go, hey, count me out. I'm not going either. And then in verse 9, we have Deborah's reply. I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, there will be no glory for you if a woman like myself goes with you. For everyone's going to say, Barak, the Lord has sold Sisera into the hands of a woman. You're not going to receive any credit, any glory. Deborah, she fully understands the role of a woman in her society. It's a male-dominant society. It was then, it still is today. She realizes women judges and leaders are few and they're far between. But Deborah, she's already in that position of authority. She already sits in judgment over Israel. And she's telling Barak straight out, hey, if you require that I go with you, I will be the one that receives the glory and the honor, not you. Even though you're going to fight, maybe you'll fight courageous and so forth, but Deborah, she's giving Barak every opportunity to stand up and be a man, to be Israel's God-sent deliverer. She's given him the word of God. God will deliver Sisera into your hand. And the response of Barak is like many men called of God to step forward and serve. And it's been rightly said that behind every good male leader, there is most likely a good woman. I can honestly say to you, Lori, my wife, is more than a helpmate. She keeps me organized, and that's the difficult task. <laughs> she keeps me on track. Many times she will say to me when she looks over my sermons, you may want to tone down that response a little bit. Your words sound harsh. And by experience, I've learned to listen to her. I'm trying to learn to listen to her. Really, I am. <laughs> but Deborah, she's one of the many women in Scripture that is used mightily by God. In the church today, in the New Testament, and that's being the guide for our doctrine, there are different roles for men and different roles for women. In 1 Timothy 2.12, Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. Don't think that this is just Paul shooting off. He's inspired by the Lord. In church authority, in the governing structure of Jesus' church, a woman is not to be a teacher of men or have authority over men. It's plain. They're in Timothy. And this verse in Timothy, clearly speaking of church structure. These are God's words, not mine. So if you've got a beef, go to God. Don't, don't blame me. 
And in 1 Corinthians 14.34, it basically declares the same thing. And it goes without saying. These verses offend some women, especially in today's world. But what effect does it have on men? Well, sometimes men will cower behind these words and overreact against women. It's obvious, it's plain to see that some women make great political leaders. Like Deborah in our passage. How about Golda Meir, one of Israel's uh, first uh, what are the prime ministers? How about Margaret Thatcher of Great Britain? How about soon-to-be Hillary Clinton of the U.S.? Well, all examples break down if you carry them too far. That's all I'm going to say. I hope we're not being recorded. <laughs> As pastor, I, I look for people who God has anointed whether that be a man or a woman. And as a church, we want to encourage, we want to support God's servants, regardless of gender. George and Luann, who I mentioned earlier, were missionaries in Africa. They came out of our fellowship. We supported them. And we supported them for years. Luann, in all honesty, was the missionary, and George was her helpmate, just the way it was. And recently, Aubrey Evans, formerly of our worship team, she left yesterday to go to Costa Rica with her youth group. Aubrey is currently the youth leader at a Baptist church up on the Mount Sano, but we know Aubrey. We know her well. Aubrey has a good heart. And we have already donated to her expenses for this trip. Why? Because we as a fellowship want to be part of what she's doing, part of her ministry. We want to be part of the blessing that God is doing in her life. And I have to point this out, but as a Calvary Chapel, we do not ordain women pastors. We definitely feel that is a man's position, according to Timothy. And there's others we don't ordain either. Hopefully. <laughs> there's men of sin that we don't ordain. Or if you're living in sin, you won't be ordained. I hope that never changes. But Deborah, she's a prophetess, prophetess of God, and she knows God's command, and she calls for Barak. Barak, go gather 10,000 troops at Mount Tabor, and Barak, you are to fight against Sisera and his army and their 900 chariots. And here's the good news, Barak. God will deliver Sisera into your hand. Deborah is doing all she can do to encourage Barak to be that man of God, to be that deliverer of Israel. 
She even agrees to go with Barack. I will go with you. I will support you in any way I can. And there are times when we shy away from being used of God. And I thank God for women like Deborah, who was not afraid to be a woman of faith. I also thank God for uh, godly women who support and encourage their husbands to be men of faith. What a blessing that is. And the whole nation of Israel benefits from this one woman judge at that time. Men, have you found a godly wife? You found a great treasure. You found a great encouragement. Recognize it and go with it. Amen. Amen. We're going to have communion this morning. And what we're going to do, we're going to come up section by section. We'll start on my left, your right. <laughs> you come up, next section, next section. Hold your elements, and we'll pray over the elements together as we partake of communion.